rockets in flight. We're back recording delight. Don't do that again. Oh, you know what it was? I heard an airplane outside and it put me in like a flying mood. I don't know. You're All a right, serious so, man, Jack. What are we talking about next? What we're going to talk about, um, after when I saw Furious Seven, it started to make me think about how, you know, Furious Seven. It comes out, you know, the start of April, but it's basically a summer movie. This was originally supposed to come out actually last summer. And then got pushed back because, you know, with Paul Walker's death, they had to figure out, you know, how they were going to, uh, you know, finish the movie without him. And, you know, when you watch the movie, you actually can't tell. Like, you, they actually very, were very clever about disguising up, you know, what he looked like. And he also has, like, a twin brother. But the point is... He has a, he has a twin, twin brother in real life? Yeah. Wow. Or something, or if not a twin brother, someone who looks like remarkably close to him, which I guess they used for stunts and, you know. Well, that, um, that's the point of stuntmen. Yeah, but the point is, so this was originally scheduled for last summer, but they pushed it to April of this year. And now it seems like, you know, but previously, you know, originally summer, summer we started Memorial Day weekend. That's when they've all, that's when growing up, that's when they always started. Then they pushed it back to the beginning of May. Because that's when uh, Marvel re- releases its big superhero movie. Yeah, that sort of started, I think, with. No, actually, I was, was going to say Iron Man, but I think that the original. I say the original. The first Spider Man came out the first weekend of May. And, you know, being that it was the first movie to make over $100 million its opening weekend, they decided, all right, we're going to do this from now on. Yeah. Now, though, they've pushed it to the start of April. Because, like, last year, they also had Captain America, the Winter Soldier, came out. Well, I think Winter Soldier came out basically at that time because, I mean... Did they not want it in the summer? I don't know. Well, I guess, well, I know Guardians of the Galaxy Galaxy came out in August. Yeah. So maybe they wanted a little bit of time between the two movies. But they still could have released it in May and and would have done as well, if not better. I think what you're really talking about, though, is that there are so many movies that have become... Uh, blockbuster spectaculars that they're they're not confined to a summer movie season anymore. No, they're not. In fact, like, and even next year, I think they're going to put out Batman versus Superman in March. So it's like uh, there's I mean, the there is no summer. The more competition there is, the more danger that they'll is that they'll they'll overlap, and nobody wants to well, end the... up sharing the week with another superhero movie, even if they win the box there office is, that week. There is so much competition, and it's so tough for movies that could have a chance if they had a little room to breathe to find their audience. Like last summer, uh, one of my favorite films, which you still need to see, by the way, is Edge of Tomorrow, which, um, you know, that came out, and it did okay. But, you know, again, the next weekend, there's the next big, huge thing out. And immediately, even though people could still see Edge of Tomorrow, it starts to get a little more marginalized. I mean, but here's the thing with Captain America 2. Captain America 2 came out at a time when no action movies were coming out. This is true. And this is why it was so successful. And then there was all that talk about Captain America 3 opening up uh, around the time that... that oh, that, no, it is. Around... It's opening the same weekend, I think, as another big franchise. I think it might be Batman versus Superman, but right. I'm not sure. And... Uh, CinemaSins talked about this and was like, really, you're going to do this? Because here's the reason why your movie did so well, because there was nothing else out yeah. at that time. And you're going to go up against the two most popular superheroes of all time. Now, you say and that, but Captain, America is, but Captain America is getting more popular. He's getting more popular, Avengers. but he's nowhere near Batman and Superman. No. It is tough. Like, you're... 
And the problem is, though, movies are also, I mean, they're still relatively cheap entertainment, but they are, pr- ticket prices are going up a little bit more. You're making fanboys have to shell out, like, you know, 25 bucks in a weekend a piece to see two fan movies. Fanboys are going to see either. Well, yeah, I guess they'll see them both. Um, uh, but the but but the mo- the vast amount of people are going to choose one movie. Yeah, and ev- and that's why we're spreading out all of these movies because not us, not we. No, I, the well, studios are spreading out I mean, all these movies because they I don't want to risk cheap, the overlap. Yeah, which is a which is a legitimate concern. Well, and this brings me to something that that I basically wanted to talk about, which was looking at the movies that are coming out this summer and. You know, things that might look exciting, things that might look kind of curious, you know, and things that could look like potential problems that maybe there might be bombs, unfortunately. And, and of course, you know, now that Fury 7 is out, I mean, there are, I don't know if we're fully into, quote, summer yet. I mean, this weekend, I think, like, Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 is coming out, and... I saw, eh. I saw, I didn't see this trailer, eh. but I saw, like, a title for it called <laughs> Two Blart, Two Furious. Yeah, and I was wishing that that was the title of the movie. <laughs> yeah, because I would have, I would have uh, got the feeling that they knew at least kind of knew, knew what, what they, they were doing. doing. Yeah, yeah, like they weren't taking it too seriously. But now it's Paul, it's Mall Cop Two. It doesn't it's... even take place in the mall, but that's not the point. No, uh, yeah. Why don't they call it like, yeah, Paul Blart? Like, well, I guess Paul Blart Hotel Cop doesn't, like, ring off the bell. But anyway, So you summer, have a list of movies. I do now, have a list of movies. Now, are they in chronological order, or are we just going through this? They are in chronological All order. All right, well, good. let's give us a chronology of what we have to expect. What's the next thing we have to look forward to? Well, the next big one, obviously, is Avengers 2, The Age of Ultron. Now, this I am legitimately excited for. I am excited for I it I rarely as well. get excited for movies. Hmm. Really? Because is it because like a lot of it looks the same, or is no? It just it's because like, there there's there are movies that well they blend. I don't go to the theater to movie theaters very often. Mm-hmm. You you and I both know this. Whenever yeah. I see a movie, it's usually for free that I've rented from my library. Yeah, and it's only if it's something that I really want to see, and that's the key. I something I really want to see. Yeah, and. I really want to see Avengers 2. I'm well, trying to get off of work to see it on May 2nd. <laughs> well, I mean, after seeing Avengers 1, I mean, you want to see where this goes next. And yes. also, the fact that with all the other Marvel movies that come out... I'm avoiding all of the little sneak peek scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I've those, tried ruin, my best. those ruin it for me now. I'm, I'm, I'm staying away from all that, and I'm going to wait until May 2nd. Yeah, yeah, me too. I mean, I, I know that's the day after it comes out, but I have a tight schedule. That's Shut okay. Up. I, I hopefully I can try to see it with you. We'll see how schedules work. But, um, you know, I mean, after the first Avengers, I mean, that was one of the, that was a truly spectacular film that actually made like an event film that was really funny and clever and had real excitement. And about the Avengers it. shouldn't even exist. <laughs> what do you There's mean no by that? precedent. I mean, let's the fact that you have all these movies. Well, I don't know, but like, yep. if you had, if you have like a Godzilla movie that what like what was it? Destroy all monsters that actually had like a bunch of different monsters from other movies. Yeah, but maybe who, I'm maybe I'm reaching there. But how? But who cares about Godzilla? Destroy all monsters. Oh, maybe a few Godzilla fans. Yeah, a few Godzilla <laughs> fans. I don't know. I guess. 
it is it, there isn't that much precedence for it the fact that you have all of these individual films and then all of a sudden all the characters come together to me i think what it's marvel it's an incredible coordinate effort of coordination well what marvel is doing is that i feel like they're doing cl- something closer to television in a way with their movies than they are with like traditional movies i mean if you know i'm like when you watch tv shows they often have crossovers like these um and you have continuing storylines <laughs> and this is basically what it is just like how like and it is unique because like maybe even closer to how it is in comic books they want to try to finally bring that into a movie world the fact that iron man can the interact cro- with the hulk the cross- and they can fight with the thor and then now in this movie they'll have characters which actually Quicksilver technically is in X-Men as well, yeah. even though he's played by a different yeah. actor in this movie. Um, and eventually now that now Sony has made a deal with Marvel where Spider-Man, Spider-Man is going to come in. Yeah. And, and that's very exciting to me because then hopefully Spider-Man can also interact with other Marvel properties. It's all a big, huge conglomerate thing. And now DC is kind of, you know, riding DC Marvel's is coattails. trying to play catch up. They're they're riding the coattails hardcore. Yeah. You know, but I'm genuinely excited just because you know again it's Joss Whedon returning to write and direct, and James Spader as uh, Ultron. Yeah. And I don't even know what I like is that I don't really know that much about Ultron. Like I have kind of heard of him. I. Well, you got to watch more of Avengers, like, Earth, Small, my oh, yeah. Murph's Mightiest Heroes? Murph's Mightiest Heroes. <laughs> Earth's Paul, Paul Mightiest Blart, Paul Blart Ball Blop. Yeah. <laughs> is Ultron a character on that? In Paul Blart? No. In, <laughs> yes. You ass. No, yes. Avengers yes. Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Uh, Ultron has, appears in Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Okay. That was an awesome show and it got canceled. Shame on you, world. I did like that show, but I saw it. I should finish watching it. I'll lend it to you. I have it on Blu-ray. It's on Netflix. I'll lend it to you. I have it on Blu-ray. Fine. Um, <laughs> but so he was an intriguing character on that show. Yes. Okay. Um, so we have Avengers coming out at the start of May, and it's like the week after that, there's like no big movie coming out. They know, like studios know, you You're know, not, the, yeah. the Avengers is the only movie to make $200 million on its first weekend. And, you know, you don't want to go up against those kind of numbers and they are predicting that maybe this one will be even bigger. Cause you know, who's, who's not wanting to try to see it right away. I mean, part of the problem too, is that because of the internet, the way it is, and maybe you don't know this cause you're not on as much social media, but people like to spoil things very quickly. Yeah. And it's like, if we don't see this right away, opening, opening night, midnight screening, you know, everyone else is going to see it. And you know, that rush to see things can sometimes get a little frenzied, but because of that, there's no movie though coming out that weekend or the next weekend to no compete big with Avengers. Movie. Something's no. gonna come out no. and it's gonna The following weekend get of swept to that in the middle of May, before right before Memorial Day weekend, we get Mad Max Fury Road. Now I saw the trailers for this and like you, I was swept away. <sighs> this this is the one I am if you had to ask me if you had to put like a giant like car at my head um like from mad max i don't know <laughs> instead of saying put a gun to my head this is the movie i'm looking forward to, to most for the summer like i it was funny because i was talking about this with our friend magatania and he was kind of like why should this movie this doesn't have a reason to exist 
And I said though, but you could say that, but you could say that about a lot of movies. This movie at least looks like it's something I have not seen before, or at least I haven't seen in a long time. You know, I mean, this is this this is the fourth Mad Max movie, the first one in thirty years, and so there's a lot of build up for this one. It, it brings back George Miller, who made the uh, the original Mad Max movies. This time they got Tom Hardy because I guess Mel Gibson was too crazy uh, for He truly uh, is mad. Yes. <laughs> and I'm just thinking of him in the South Park episode where he uh, appears with his actual face cut out. He's just totally crazy. I didn't see that one. That one's a classic. Um, but I'm really excited for this just because the look of it and the intensity of those trailers, I think, are... Like, you don't get movies like that. Movies that, like... So many movies rely so heavily on CGI. Like, even the Avengers, which we know will look awesome. Oh, no, I'll never deny it. But Mad Max looks like they're using a lot of practical effects. You're seeing real cars. And there is some CGI. Like, there is, like, in the trailer you see, I guess, some kind of, like, tornado or something at some point. But they look like they're, just from what I've seen the trailers, they look very well integrated. And that's something I'm really looking forward to seeing how they do it. And... You know, seeing what they can do in 2015 that they couldn't do back in 1982. Mm. It looks so intense that I don't think I'm going to see it in a theater. Mm, so it might be too much for you. Well, it's not that I. It's not that I get. It's not that I <laughs> you, mind you get, violent you get films. Sea, you won't get seasick. It's not that I don't like violent films or I don't like big spectacles. It's just like this one seems so big that I think I'm just going to get overwhelmed by it. It's like a hundred million dollar exploitation film. And, you know, that could either go really well or maybe not so well. I mean, I don't know if you were there when we <laughs> it, saw a Doomsday. prediction, Jack. It'll either do well or it won't. It Watching the trailers for this, I can tell that this is a filmmaker who's reaching really far. And that's something that even just on those levels, I am really excited for. I want to see a filmmaker actually going for something. I want to see the ecstasy and the madness. I want to see a filmmaker try to go like Apocalypse Now levels. And this is that kind of experience. You know, I'm not going to get that with some of the other movies, but we'll get to that in a second. So along with that, then we get like Pitch Perfect 2. I didn't see Pitch Perfect 1, so eh. Requires. It's a sequel. Yeah, it's another sequel. We're going to have a lot of these in this list. We also get this comedy called Spy. I don't know if you've seen that trailer with no. Melissa McCarthy. And actually, Jason Statham is in it, which is unusual because he usually... I haven't seen him in a comedy in a long, Well, maybe if you count Crank. <laughs> <laughs> Not the strict definition, oh, but I see what you're getting and, at. And that was actually something else with Fury 7 that it made me want to see another Crank movie. Um, but anyway, so we have that movie. There's another film with uh, The Rock, and I, I refuse to call him Dwayne Johnson when he's in stupid action movie mode. He's The Rock. Um, <laughs> don't, yeah, I'm going to call you Dwayne when you're ripping apart a giant... Dwayne! When you, you... Like, this is just one more... I know I already talked about Fury 7, but I have to mention this. There's a moment in that movie where he is driving an ambulance... Uh, uh, an ambulance van and uses it to take out a drone <laughs> by driving off of a bridge and colliding with it and he gets out and just fine and uses the gun that was in the drone to attack like an airplane 
At that moment, you're not Dwayne Johnson. You're The Rock. I'm beginning to think these movies don't make any sense. No, they don't. And the worst part is when they try to have actual characters. You know what's the funny thing? I've seen part of, I don't know. I know we talked about this in the last podcast. Fast and Furious 6. You were in in one of your substitute classes and you were watching Yeah, and this isn't about that story again, but it's like these people do things that put thousands of people in danger oh yeah oh and I yeah just wish, and i think these movies would be so much better if we stopped pretending that these were good people mm. <laughs> <laughs> if we just treat if the movie just if treated collateral them damage like took the amoral greedy people that they really are mm. <laughs> and just had them just go through this heist <laughs> yeah then i would uh that would require I, Vin Diesel to act. <laughs> I, I he, he's not a bad this, actor. I don't even think this is an acting problem. It's like, it, it just, just... Logic. Just stop taking yourselves so seriously. Yeah. All right. So All right, but anyway, on. so we have San Andreas, which is an earthquake movie with The Rock. Uh, yeah, you know it. You will know it because if you see the trailer, you hear, like, a cover of California Dreaming, but it's kind of terrible because it's like... California dreaming. It's meant to be very epic. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you're butchering it's this It's like song. Uh, his Hercules movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's next? Um, then we get this movie called Aloha, which is a romantic comedy. I mentioned, I mentioned, try and mention other movies aside from Big Spectacles, but that'll be the main thing. Aloha's new romantic comedy from Cameron Crowe, um, set in Hawaii with uh, Bradley Cooper. And uh, Rachel McAdams, uh, Bill Murray, um, Alec Baldwin. There's a lot of cast in that movie. Um, hopefully it's good. I don't There's know. a lot of cast. <laughs> <laughs> there will be a lot of casts in these movies. Uh, so we get Aloha. Again, with sequels, we get Ted 2. All right. Did you see Ted 1? No. Then, you know. Seth MacFarlane is a bear. Well, I know you like Seth MacFarlane sometimes. I do. In this movie, he's, you know, Ted's funny. I might see Ted 2. I might not. You probably know. will. Yeah. And then uh, we get Entourage, which is based on the HBO series Entourage, which okay. I have not seen. Neither have I. Whatever. Next. All right. Um, here's something I'm here, I'm curious what you think of this. You know, again, we were talking about sequels, but Jurassic World. This comes out in June. Jurassic World uh, has no appeal to me. <laughs> Because I know exactly yeah. how it's going to end. The entire movie kind of, even though I've seen a trailer that basically amounts to being like a teaser trailer, I barely know who the characters are except for Chris Pratt and maybe Bryce Dallas Howard. And female scientist who tampers with nature and yeah. doesn't expect to get bitten in the ass. Yeah. And it's funny because <laughs> um, recently Joss Whedon uh, tweeted about how he's he thinks the movie almost looks kind of sexist. Just by, like, how Bryce Dallas Howard... Like, we're going back to this cliche of 70s action movies where the woman is all clueless and the man is all, like, rugged and will save everything. Yeah. I mean... But it's a, it's a dumb idea anyway. It's... it's I, Jurassic World, I saw the first teaser, the first trailer for it. Yeah. And it's like, this is the same thing as every Jurassic Park. Except we have people who look even stupider because after three different movies... <laughs> People still want to clone dinosaurs, and now they're oh, compounding and only... their stupidity by 
crossbreeding the dinosaurs. It's like, yeah, this, we're going to make super dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> dinosaur, what, monster hybrids. That And not only that, the other thing, too, is that we see that this is the first time where, like, the park is actually the park. Yeah. Where people are actually going to this island, like... But it's that, that place would have to be insured up the ass yeah. to exist. Like, it's how like, can you, like, you know, in the trailer, they try to make it like, ooh, and if you see a dinosaur, run. It's like, as if <laughs> to say, like, oh, we know this is all safe, but do you really? After what happened in San Diego in the second film, yeah. you, like, anybody would have any interest in going for, like, a dinosaur like, yeah, all I, the like, Jurassic film, Jurassic Park two and three, they were missing the thing from Jurassic Park that made it so awesome, which is the wonder of we have dinosaurs now. Yeah, and I mean we was... have kind of bullshit movie science, but it's fine. And it went and it went wrong at the end, but there was like a brief moment where we could sit back and say, "Yeah, dinosaurs, man." And then that was gone after everybody got killed, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's like uh, it's like the business model of the Wayland Utani Corporation. <laughs> so you think that this could be like the Prometheus of Jurassic Park? No, movies. I don't think it's going to be that bad. I think but that I, mean, I, you know, it's like there's a part of me that actually does get maybe a little bit of what the satirical message is here. It's the fact that in the first Jurassic Park, you have uh, Doctor Hammond who wants to create, you know, this. You know, you know, a giant theme park that you know brings these creations back to life the way that we've never seen them, and yet you know he also has all this merchandise. In a way, Spielberg probably sees a, a lot of himself in that yeah. character, this guy who's creating these big amusement park themed rides. But you know, they're just illusions; they're not real. You know, they're all this all this product doesn't mean anything. Now we have in Jurassic World, everything's become much much bigger. Which is kind of like how it's happening in the world. Like, movies have to be much bigger. Uh, you know, it's like when Jurassic Park came out, that was like the movie event of the year. Yeah. Now Jurassic World is just one drop in, an, in another blockbuster bucket. It's a sequel in an ocean of summer movies. Yeah, and the, you know, and this is something that, you know, I know that they've been trying to make a Jurassic Park 4 for like years and years. And you'd think that they would have learned after Jurassic Park 3, which was kind of a piece of shit. But people don't care. I remember seeing Jurassic I, and Park it's 3 like Jaws. And... They keep bringing up the same premise, even though we've seen it 20 times. Did no one learn from that Jaws 4 was <laughs> yeah. the stupidest one? Uh, Jaws but... 3D. Yeah. like, And we and... have to keep finding killer sharks that are like rogue sharks that are super rare. But apparently they well, just well, not... keep popping up. Well, not, well, not only that, but also that you have Jaws who – you have sharks who are getting revenge against the Brody family yeah. for what happened in the first film. Like a shark would know. Yeah. What – do the sharks write to each other? <laughs> <laughs> they have like – they have like uh, – grieving counseling <laughs> sharks have vendettas it's like you killed my father prepare to die in, See, da in dago montoya shark we're making this joke but wouldn't the joke about the sh but wouldn't the movie about the shark with a vendetta be more interesting than any jaws sequel we saw uh well i, I think that was what the fourth one was supposed to be yeah and it sucked <laughs> 
Maybe it wasn't such a good idea the only, after all. The only I'm good sorry. Thing, the only thing good thing that came out of the the fourth Jaws movie was the Siskel and Ebert movie review, <laughs> where they were just watching it and they were actually laughing while they were reviewing it, and <laughs> it was kind of entertaining to watch. But anyway, uh, all right, so Jurassic World. Well, good for Chris Pratt. Yeah, and, well, the man deserves some work. Well, I mean, he's gonna he's a big star. I know, um, but yeah, let him have it. All right. So after that, um. Then we get the new Pixar movie, Inside Out. Yeah. Which I am I'll probably very excited it. for. I am hoping this will be... You know, I've heard some people that I've listened to about movies say, like, oh, Pixar has really dropped off from quality. You know, they used to be so on top. And now it's like Disney has taken them over. And, no. you know, not, not that much. I mean, Cars 2 was a stumble. That was probably their worst film. And that even wasn't, like, a failure. It was just mediocre. Uh, Pixar's got to make their money. And then Brave was actually really good. I like Brave a lot. Um, And then they did Monsters University, which was good. That was fine. Um, You know, it wasn't... You know, it wasn't anything special, but neither was the first Monsters, Inc. You know, whatever. Right. You know, they're forgetting, you know, the run that Pixar has had through, like, the past 15 years has just been, like... How how do you top that? They, They've, you know, you have movie after movie. I mean, people like, are still trying to approach Pixar's level of success and a consistent level of success. Like you look at all the movies back to back: Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Wall-E, Up, Toy Story three. I mean, and they all end up winning Oscars. Now, and not only that, <laughs> you have now with Up and Toy Story three. Like two of the three movies in history nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, not just animated, just right. overall. I mean, granted, that's because ten movies at the time, but still, you know, it says a lot. I mean, Up is more sophisticated than a lot of dramas yeah. out there, and now with Inside Out, and that's a movie that tackles adult themes in a way that families can easily digest them. Yeah, yeah, like and uh, take that, Fast and Furious Seven. <laughs> I'm not sure that's I I I don't know if you Fast, don't you don't think Fast and Furious Seven listens to our podcast? Well, no, but I don't think Fast and Furious is a family movie. No, certainly not. It's meant for but, like but but up tackled a lot more adult themes that, in oh, a mature you know, way than mean. any of the Fast and Furious movies. Okay, fair you enough. You are all amoral carjackers. <laughs> yes. Um, what Inside Out is about is the what goes on inside a little girl's head. Yeah. Like you have all the emotions. You know, f- uh, fear, anger, uh, happiness. I guess I don't know. It's ennui. Is ennui gluttony? <laughs> well, gluttony's a sin. Manic depression. <laughs> well, Insecurity. I think, yeah. Mm. Well, let's just say one of them's voiced by Louis Black, so that works out. Yeah. I think he voices anger. Who and, else would he voice, Jack? Yeah, that's true. He's pretty much tailor made for it. Um, I'm really excited for this. I hope it's a return to form for Pixar. I mean, what form? Like I said, you know, yeah, return to the form that they never left. Sure. Well, (laughs) what I mean is that you know, it's only been like four years since they've won their last Oscar. They're due. I know, right? I know. Um, but I'm excited. You know, Pixar is always quality. Um, and this looks like well, for now, hope maybe they'll drop off one point. Um, but at the moment, it's like. There's no home of the brave in their future. <laughs> when that was when Disney really kind of finally hit their rock bottom. Um, oh god. So anyway, also at that same weekend is uh, 
a new movie called Paper Towns. Um, I don't know. Have you heard? Do you know much about John Green? I don't know if maybe yeah, Matt has told you about John him. Green. He's an author. He he wrote he, Fault in Our Stars, he, and he's the the host of the Crash Course History videos. The Crash Course History videos. He does. And I hate him. Why do you hate him? Because he's so he's done so much, <laughs> and he's so successful, <laughs> and he's so, you're so charming that I hate him. <laughs> you want his life, don't you? I uh, no, I don't want his life. I want to destroy him. <laughs> So you're like the Salieri to his Mozart. Yeah. That's exactly what I am. You look at his it book. It was not John Green laughing at me, Jack. It was God. <laughs> yes. Um, but anyway, Paper Towns is the second adaptation of one of his books. I haven't read this the one. The second adaptation? Like... Well, the second, second book that, the second book that oh, okay. has been adapted. All right, right, from, that makes more sense. That's what I meant to say. Sorry. Uh, no, this isn't the second time the movies, the book's being adapted. Um, I mean, I haven't read this book, but it hopefully will be good. I don't know. I like the Fault in Our Stars book a lot. Uh, the movie was okay. Um, it brought William Dafoe and Laura Dern back, so hopefully this movie will have the same kind of most operandi. She fortunately Laura Dern didn't waste her time in Jurassic World. No, I mean, she did pop up, I think, in Jurassic Park 3, but, I mean, she wasn't in it as much as Sam Neill. Yeah, she got know. a paycheck. She got a paycheck. It might not have been as much as Sam Neill, but anyway, <sighs> hopefully Paper Towns is good. I know our friend Matt Rosen is a big fan of him, actually. Um, he probably overpraises him a little bit, and usually these movies are kind of made for teenagers, but they have, you know, his books in his sense of humor, and I could say why, I could tell why you're angry, you know, you know, you want his head on a sil- on a pike. No, I want him to live. <laughs> I want him to suffer. <laughs> uh, you want to pull a con? It's like I have hurt you, and I wish to continue I wish to go hurting, on hurting, hurting him, burning alive, buried alive, buried alive. <laughs> green. No, no, no. He's saying my name. Oh yeah, you would. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He would go like green, Andrew. Yes. Uh, I messed up. Uh, a couple movies to mention ahead. Um, there's one movie I'm kind of looking forward to uh, really fast. There's this movie called Ricky and the Flash. It has nothing to do with the Flash comic book character. Or um, the con. Or Flash Gordon. All right. Uh, Flash! Go on. Um, Ricky it's a, and the Flash. Uh, Ricky and the Flash is a new Jonathan Demme movie uh, with Meryl Streep as a guitar player in a rock band. And... I just like that She'll combination. She'll get an Oscar nomination for it. Sure, but at least this time she's not, like, hamming it up as, like, a witch. And, <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> That's we, what you're concerned about? I don't know. It's just, like, last year when she was nominated for Into the Woods, I just... I didn't even see the movie, but I felt... I felt, like, angry that she was nominated because her spot could have been left for someone else who hasn't been nominated 25 times. Well, she can't help it. Well, what? She can't help that she's that good? It's not her fault that she keeps getting work, Jack. Well, no, but... And it's not her fault that she keeps being awesome. Yeah. Not like John Green. (laughs) (laughs) But he makes his own career. (laughs) I stopped you dead, didn't I? All right. Uh, Next up, uh, now this is just a small movie... Uh, I'm. I guess I only mention this because I'm kind of curious about. It. There's this movie called Big Game coming out, and it's an action thriller. I don't know much about it except that 
involves if a it's girl. an action fil- thriller about big, called Big Game, it's probably about hunting people. Sort of, yeah. Well, it's about this girl who's trying to protect the president, and the president is played by Samuel Jackson. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> it sounds like at least it can't be like what sti- country is he is he president of? The U.S. U.S. ain't no country I ever heard of. <laughs> Uh, I know. Do they speak English in the U.S.? Well, yeah, sir. They actually do. Oh. Okay. Um, and then, uh, then we get into the depths of July. Uh, when we get... Speaking of unnecessary sequels, uh, we talked about Jurassic World Terminator Genesis. Yeah. It's there. It has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. I guess that's an improvement over the last one. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's funny because in an interview recently, he said that he he just said the fourth one sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, was, that's all he said was it sucked. On Welcome to the Basement, Matt Sloan had an idea for a Terminator sequel, which was really intriguing. Okay, not like intriguing in that. Yeah, they should definitely make this in the middle. But just sort but of an had, idea. But it had a decent premise. Uh, go uh, go check that out. I'm not gonna tell. The, I'm not gonna tell the whole thing. Uh, uh, that's a tease. Yeah. What episode was it on? I think it was the Eyes Without a Face episode. Okay. Um, but in this movie, like, for this new Terminator, I can't even tell you what it's about. Watching stopped... the trailer, it looked like they're trying to completely retcon what's happened with past Terminator movies. Well, they haven't known what to do with Terminator since Terminator 3. Yeah, and they barely knew what to do That's with why that I one. stopped. I stopped at Terminator 2. Mm, so it you never a, saw 3 and 4. No, Terminator 2 is a perfect place to stop if oh, you yeah. like Terminator. Mm-hmm. Because Those two movies because are Because at the end of Terminator, the, what will happen is completely in doubt. The first Terminator or no, Terminator, Terminator 2? No, Terminator 2. Okay, yeah. At the end yeah. of Terminator 2, what happens, what happens next is completely in doubt. Yeah. And they haven't made a sequel that lived up to that promise. Yeah, so I, mean, I mean, they have done the Sarah Connor Chronicles, good, Chronicles, but that's it. That's a television show. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> Not canon. Uh, no, they uh, haven't so known what to do. They, so until they make a decent Terminator sequel, just watch Terminator 1 and 2. Exactly. Stop. Yeah. And you'll be okay. Yeah, exactly. I show some self restraint. You'll you'll thank me for it later. I think I might, you know, because I I really love the first Terminator. I think that's just that could be an example of a perfect uh, action sci fi movie. I think in terms of storytelling, it might be my favorite James Cameron film. I think it's like him working, him having to actually have some of those constraints and budget. I mean, obviously, I love Terminator two as well. Yeah. But on different levels. In that film, you got more into sort of like what happens when, you know, you develop more of like what happens when Sarah Connor has gone through this and gone through that. But the first one just contained in itself. It's just, they do so much in yeah. that compact time. And, you know, not with a huge budget either. It was only like maybe $8 million or something at that time. No. And Some of the special effects haven't aged very well. But Maybe some of them, but, but that adds to look, the. But I mean, that's just icing on the cake. It's a it's a very good well, story. Well, cake, but I think I might. This might be the first Terminator I skip. I mean, after the third one and the fourth one, you know. I mean, I already got talked to the hand, and you know, and Christian Bale as John Dick Connor. Wad. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I, I might. 
I think I might skip this one. And it pains me to say that because I love the first two so much, but... Hey, you just, you still have it. the first two. That is true. I just do have the first two. Watch the first two on, on, when you know Terminator what? Genesis comes. I'm. I think at best, what'll end up happening is I can go for. I can go this whole summer without seeing this movie, and a year or two from now, it'll be playing one day when I'm at. Not even on T. I don't mean like when I'm home at TV. I mean like when I'm at the laundromat. And while I'm waiting for my clothes to be dried, yeah. Terminator Genesis will be on FX, and I can watch part of it there and be like, oh, okay. Um, which is why I did with the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah. Um, after that, um, along with uh, that's July 4th weekend, we get Terminator, I guess, is it 5? I guess it is. And we get Magic Mike 2. Um, and they don't really feel Even any way about more that. Even more Magicker. Well, it's actually called Magic Mike XXL. And um, the interesting thing about me with this movie, um, now, I don't know if you had heard about Steven Soderbergh a couple years ago re- announced his retirement from filmmaking. and I didn't hear that, but okay. Yeah, he just decided, he kind of told the press, you know, like, I've kind of, I've kind of done everything that I've wanted to try to do with film. I can't find any more room to explore. I mean, is, he, only... uh, is he uh, Sex, Lies, and Videotape? Sex, Lies, and Videotape. And Kafka. And Kafka, yes. Uh, <laughs> did I tell you Kafka my... is a treat. Flawed, but it's a real treat. I, that's the only Steven Soberg movie I have not seen. And I've seen like uh... all his other movies. It's funny you've seen that, and I have not. Uh, we should have put that on the list. But um... When you have a library full of old... When you have like a literal town library full of old VHS tapes, you tend to choose the ones that look most intriguing. Well, obviously, <laughs> Jeremy Irons on a video cassette with the word Kafka on it is intriguing. Yeah. But um, what's interesting, though, about me, like I said, he announced his retirement a couple years ago. He didn't retire altogether. I mean, he's 50 years old. So he's still he's still an Semi-retired. able-bodied man. He's, well, here's what happened. He Last year, he directed the show on TV called The Nick, which I still want to see. It's about, like, a hospital in New York City in 1900, which sounds very intriguing and stars Clive Owen. Um, so I need to watch the rest of that. But what happened, though, is that now he directed the first Magic Mike with Chang Tatum. It was actually a pretty good movie. Like, I didn't... You know, it's a movie about male strippers, so obviously I'm not the target audience for it, pretty, but uh, uh, I was still curious how he was going to handle that kind of movie. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty, I mean, there aren't many movies about male strippers. No, no, it's not. So, I mean, in a world full of everything else, I mean... It turned out to be a huge could, hit. You could definitely make room for uh, Magic Mike. I mean, women will, you know, a lot of women will flock to the movies to see Channing Tatum and Matthew McConaughey take off their shirts. Yeah, that's just a medi- that's just a scientific fact. Um, but what curious about for me is <laughs> <laughs> doctors have done their research. Are you are you a commu- you're a communications major, right? Well, I I graduated in that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I figured your science just about determines that. <laughs> All right, but anyway, so the sequel is coming out, and it has a different director. But Soderbergh is the cinematographer and the editor. And so for me, I'm actually, I'm curious to see this movie because I've, it'll be the first time that he's shot and edited a movie for someone else that's not, like, that he hasn't directed. He used to do that for himself. He didn't have, he always shot and edited his own movies. He was like Robert Rodriguez in that way. But I'm curious, though, how it will be doing it for another director. So just on like a film geek way, I'm like 
anticipating this movie in that sense. That so if you in see other words, Jack in the movie theater, don't judge him for going to see Magic Mike too. While all the other women are like throwing their panties at the screen, I'll be there with my notepad taking like notes on yes. composition and yeah. mise en scene mm-hmm. as as Channing Tatum does his like you know like you can leave your hat on routine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad there could be a lot of jokes made at my expense, and I you haven't made them, so I applaud Not you for that. Not yet. That's true. Um, okay, so after uh, Magic Mike, we get um, Minions. Okay. Have you seen any of the Despicable Me movies? I've seen most of the first one. Okay. Uh, it's solid, but uh, it's you know, cute. It's got it's it's kind of like Megamind in that it depends a lot on pop culture references. A little uh, bit, and yeah. The, the story doesn't go too deep. Mm. Uh, but I mean. Solid. If you had to watch it with your kids, you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I mean that's how I felt about the first one, and I also saw the second. Uh, they're on my me. list, actually. I, I I want to see both of them in their entirety. Yeah, I mean they're they're pretty clever movies. I mean they're not up to the standards of like uh, Pixar movies, but they have like they, they have are charm. good. They are good entertainment for kids, and of course now because of how popular. Uh, the minions were in those movies. They decide to do a spin-off movie with just the minions as the main characters, and how yeah. that will how that will turn out, I guess, remains to be seen. I mean, it's kind of like when you make Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. You know, who knows uh, yeah. how it's going to turn out? But of course, you know, I mean, they're they're cute. You know, they're little like yellow heads that go like. They have personality. They so, kind of uh, do. They're they're cute. Um, we'll see. Okay, so after this. We get our next Marvel movie, Ant-Man. Now, here's... Now, who is this under? Is this Marvel Studios? This is a Marvel Studios movie. I mean, we've... Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure you've probably heard some of the history about, about this movie. Yeah, Edgar Wright was... Edgar Wright was, was originally supposed this. to direct. I, I don't know if... I think the script might have been retooled after he left. I mean, he also was writing the script with uh, Joe Cornish. Um, but he cast Paul Rudd and, uh, Michael Douglas is Hank Pym. Right. Um, and I'm... Who is always my least favorite Avenger. Hank Pym? Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I kind of like the Wasp. Oh, the Wasp is great. Yeah, it's like the Wasp is much better than Hank Pym. After a while, like, Matt and I... We we loved Earth's Mightiest Heroes, mm-hmm. and then that got canceled, and I was I even was just curious. From, even just from but, the handful of episodes I saw, like the Wasp was one of my favorite characters yeah. on that show. And then like, uh, and probably about a year ago, I was just kind of walking around, and I thought about Avengers, and I and it suddenly occurred to me, and I told Matt about this. You know, I just miss the Wasp. <laughs> uh, she was always like she was always yeah. there to have fun and yeah. she wasn't serious at all but she she got serious when she needed to but i'm like man you know she just lit up the room mm. <laughs> i'm talking of course about an animated character but you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly um i'm i am curious to see it i I'm, i mean obviously i'm not as excited as i was when edgar wright was with it and also then hearing about how you know, when a director steps out because of, quote, creative differences and the fact that, you know, he wanted to do something that might have been, you know, I mean, it could have been out of the box a little bit. I mean, Edgar Wright's proven that, you know, he's a director who uh, kind of embraces certain conventions and cliches, but at the same time tries to uh, take him to the next level, take him to the next level. And also, like, there's another term I was trying to look for, like almost in a way try to transcend them some ways even through the power of comedy 
and now we get like you know the guy's making is this guy Peyton Reed and I haven't seen a lot of his movies he's kind of a hack um <laughs> I don't mean to talk badly about him he might be a good guy he might be a good person um how this movie turns out they literally just released a trailer uh today which I watched and uh, I'm guessing you haven't seen it no um it looks okay I laughed once I had one chuckle. Uh, at the end of the trailer, there's a gag where Ant-Man is on, like, like I don't know if he's on another, like, he's on. he looks like he's on a train, and all of a sudden he sees Thomas the Tank Engine coming towards him, and it cuts <laughs> to a wide shot, and he sees that, like, he just had a crash with, like, a toy train set. <laughs> so I thought that kind of, right, that was kind of cute. Yeah. The rest of the trailer, I don't know. The problem is, Ant-Man is kind of a silly concept. For a character in a movie, it works in some of the comics. Like there was a run of comics uh, by this guy Robert Kirkman, who also did The Walking Dead, and that was really fun. That was very funny. But translating it to the Marvel universe, part of the problem is how do you balance between making it kind of funny but not too silly? What like is there a danger to become like another Batman Robin? Yeah. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna judge yet. Well, we see how it shakes out. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it shakes out. I mean, it's interesting that this is the first movie coming out after Avengers 2, um, even though I know that they kind of changed some... They, uh, you know, It's a movie, they can do whatever they want, but they changed some stuff where... I think originally Hank Pym created Ultron, but they changed it now for the movies, and it's like, I think... Well, you, you can't talk about somebody who hasn't been introduced yet. <laughs> that's true, that's true. What comes um, next? After that, we get Pan. Not Pan's Labyrinth, yes, just Pan. Pan. Of Peter Pan. Might be good. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman is Hook. Yeah. He's twirling his mustache. That might be Robin cool. Robin Williams is Peter Pan. Uh, no, he's dead. Oh, never mind then. Sorry. You have to remind me of sad old shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Um, all right, well, that's it. Well, it is what it is. Another Peter Pan movie. Um, A prequel. Might be, it might be good. It might be bad. We'll watch it and talk about it. Welcome to... No, <laughs> That's another show. Careful. Um, then we next. get... Next is uh, a movie that I'm kind of interested in called Trainwreck. It's a new comedy from uh, Judd Apatow. Um, what's interesting about... It's the behind-the-scenes making of feature of I'm Not, Re- <laughs> I'm not Here. <laughs> the Joaquin Phoenix movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this is the... A big uh, feature starring debut for this uh, com- comedian named Amy Schumer. Uh, she has a show on Comedy Central. I haven't seen a lot of her work, but I've seen some of it, and she is pretty funny. Uh, I like that finally Judd Apatow is kind of stretching a little bit past his usual ga- group of actors. It doesn't have Seth Rogen or Paul Rudd or James Franco. Uh, yeah, so, screw those guys. Yeah, screw them. Um, and he's directing, Amy Schumer wrote it too, so that's intriguing to me that he's directing someone else's script. Usually he's written all of his movies. So I'm hoping it turns out well. I, I like his movies generally. Some I like more than others, but he's generally a pretty solid comedic filmmaker. And that he's got Seth Rogen, his start, makes him aces in my book. Good. Um, then we get, now here's intriguing thing. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this. Uh, and I'm interested to ask your opinion because I know you're a video game guy. Pixels. Have you heard of Pixels? Yeah. Adam Sandler and he fights like 
giant video game characters. The moment I heard of this concept, <laughs> you kind of did I, a face palm. I no, it just turned me off because I felt like it would just be grown ups with video games. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. I, what has Adam Sandler done lately? That would make me want to see this movie. Not much. I'll tell you what he did. He ruined Pacific Rim's chances of making any money. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, he, he had to open up right against Pacific Rim, and all the dumb Americans went and saw that when they could have seen Pacific Rim. Dumb and saw, Americans, <laughs> dumb, dumb Americans, we got the dumb Americans. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, whereas Pacific Rim is smart dumb. Um, least, I don't, that's to me. <laughs> I don't know. You could call Pacific Rim that. Like, you know, it's you're, not you're like not it, far off. No, it's <laughs> in a way it doesn't have like in terms of visual effects, it's not any less of a caliber than Transformers. It's just that like Pacific Rim is made with much more care and more attention to characters and actual intelligence. Yes. So I don't know. That's my. All right. <laughs> okay, next up, uh, so, yeah, screw Pixels. Um, we have another remake, Poltergeist. Man. We talked about Poltergeist recently. If it doesn't have Craig T. Nelson shouting at people, I don't care. No, uh, it does have Sam Rockwell. But, you know, it's interesting, the trailer basically reveals the secret. You know, I mean, it didn't change anything for this remake, like, the trailer still has the whole, like, boss hiding the whole, like, you know, that they're living on top of a burial they, ground. They, re- they reveal that in the trailer? Yeah. Well, then what's the point? Yeah, exactly. That that was what made the movie funny. I'm mean, not funny, but it made it a lot of... <laughs> it did make you laugh. <laughs> it did make you laugh a couple of times. I mean, you said it was when Craig T. Nelson... Like, confronts his boss. That's a very funny moment. Why did you do this? You blew it up. Yeah, pretty much. Um, So, yeah. I mean, I like Sam Rockwell, but this looks like it was probably done for, like, a quick paycheck. Yeah. You know, I mean, it does, It come, it's another horror film from Hear Sam that Raimi's movie? company. We're prejudging you. Yeah. I mean, who's asking for a Poltergeist remake? Not that many people. We had, Poltergeist had time and place. Yeah. You know, I mean, since then, now we've had a flood of, you know, paranormal activity movies, which have been so successful because, you know, we take, dumb like, the Americans, whole... Dumb Americans! <laughs> dumb Americans! <laughs> I got, like, a couple of the paranormal activity movies, but they're not, uh... like... You're not a fan? All right. Uh, after that... Give uh... me Cloverfield any day. Mm, I will defend Cloverfield to my dying day. <laughs> I hate the Cloverfield. Is she? Yeah. <laughs> Nurse, I want to tell you about Cloverfield. All right, Grandpa. All, All right. right, what's next? Fantastic Four. Another Marvel property, another day. This is the third Marvel movie that we're going to get this summer, although the it comes from Fox. The third version of Fantastic Four. <laughs> the third version. Maybe they'll get it right this time. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I will say this. We watched the Roger Corman produced Fantastic Four years back, and I thought that had the a charm to it. The legends were true. It wasn't, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, well, it wasn't a good movie. No. But 
I think that they were at le- they were trying. They didn't know that they were in basically a scam to keep the rights uh, to Fantastic Four for a little while for this company. Very that was basically why they made scam. it. Well, yeah. Well, they you know they didn't really tell the people like Roger Corman didn't really tell the people making his group making the movie. Oh yeah, we're only making this so that this other company doesn't get the rights. But they still put effort and they tried to have some. But the bizarre thing is that it didn't even get released. It's it's only been released on bootleg. I mean, that's how I got it. No, but it. I mean, like, they made a, a whole movie. I don't know why it didn't get released. Why I think there's a whole story. It? I don't know. I think maybe because it wasn't, like... Listeners, if you know any reason from why the Fantastic Four movie wasn't released in theaters, please tell us. Ask Roger Corman. I'm sure he likes strangers coming up Roger to Corman, him. Roger Corman, I will beat you with your honorary Oscar if you don't tell me <laughs> how, what happened to Fantastic Four. <laughs> I'll show you a, a bucket of blood. You may um, deserve your you may deserve you your may honorary deserve Oscar, um, but I can take it away. Just mm. let just if you yeah. Blah. Yeah. Well, we got. I'll with, have to add well, to my enemies list. <laughs> All right. Next. Well, we go, well, we go with this. Fan, well, really fast. Well, we get this Fantastic Four. Um, it seems to really serious. It does, doesn't it? The trailer makes it look like it, we're watching Man of Steel or something, <laughs> yeah, which all which shouldn't be that serious anyway. I like the trailers for Man of Steel. They were okay. Uh, the the trailers made me gave me expectations that weren't fulfilled. No, but I mean, Fantastic Four got, isn't that u- usually a pretty light series? Yeah, I it's mean, pretty lighthearted. You have like, I mean, I'll say, I mean, the the actual movies that Fox produced ten years ago, they were not good movies. No, they were not. Although one weird thing, they were written by Mark Frost, which is one of those weird things he wrote. He co-wrote Qu- Twin Peaks. Oh, and that was actually what made me intrigued to see. Like that I had, was the problem. They were missing David Lynch. They were. I would love to see David Lynch's Fantastic Four. <laughs> well, I'd love to watch David Lynch's anything, but sure, he but does, the man just doesn't have time. No, but anyway, um, so now with this new one, the interesting thing is they've done some casting choices, which some fans have questioned. Um, oh, really? Like they, well, well, no, no, no. But well, Michael B. Jordan, who's a black actor, is playing Johnny Storm, and Sue Storm is uh, a white. Yeah, and their brother and sister. Yeah, I mean, adopted. Okay, that's that's what I thought too. I mean, I'm not saying that the fans are right. The fans are stupid. You dumb Americans. Um, I think I may have to open that episode or close it with that song. Yeah. All right, but Don't anyway, worry about it right now. But it might be fun. It comes from this. It's the second film by this guy named Josh Trank, and his previous film was this uh, thing called Chronicle, which was a yeah. really fun uh, superhero type of movie with teenagers yeah i remember that um so max hope... landis wrote that i believe yes he did um i don't know if he's involved with this one but uh i don't know hopefully it'll be all right i'm i'm i'm, I'm curious i'll put it that way they also have miles teller uh from whiplash and uh and of all people i think jamie bell is the thing but whatever. whatever all right so after that um i didn't look up a lot about what this movie is about but i just had to throw the name out there Goosebumps. <laughs> I'm looking at your face and All you right. don't know I'm what to say. I'm trying to figure out whether it would be good or bad if this was an adaptation of the R.L. Stein book series. Well, the weird thing is, though, I don't know. Like, actually, like I said, I was in a bit of a rush to put some of this list together. It probably has nothing to do with it. I here Here's what the synopsis... I, you might as well make a sequel to Space Jam. The synopsis... <laughs> 
Well, don't t- don't tempt Corey Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> what what the, the the what it's oh it might actually you know what I might be mistaken it could be coming out in October but we'll see. Um, Never mind. Well, here's what the plot says though: a young kid teams up with the niece of young adult horror author R.L. Stein after the writer's imaginary demons are set free on the town of Greendale, Maryland. Oh my God! <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you think? My worst nightmares have come true. <laughs> you didn't even know they were your nightmares, and they've come true. Uh, why, why bother? I don't know. Oh, and Jack Black plays R.L. Stein. All right, now. <laughs> all right, we have some promise. <laughs> See, all of a sudden that made okay, me change your okay. tune. Um, again, we'll play this by ear. Yes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Um, why they because all... here's the thing. The, Goosebumps is so 90s. I doubt that any kid knows what, what Goosebumps is. It's like if you tried to make a movie of the Hardy Boys. <laughs> oh, well, that's a little, that's, that's a little extreme. Right. But, but uh, it's... It's lost its relevance. I mean, it's a weird kids, thing that like pe- adults my age might remember. Yeah, that, that, but that it's like a movie that I have to wonder if the, the is thinking, it trying to revive the the, the well, property. A, a lot of what's going on right now with Hollywood, if you notice that they like, I mean, weird I, things. I, like, I understand Hollywood a little bit. They made Battleship the movie. <laughs> I mean, no concept. <laughs> they is made too Weed, absurd they or made, obscure. They made Ouija the movie. Wow. About the Ouija board. Um, <laughs> but I think the idea is that, like, Hollywood is run by all these, like, people who grew up in the 80s and 90s and just want to <laughs> relive them over and over again. And maybe the thinking That's is that... That's why we got the Lego movie. Yes, but the Lego movie was awesome. Yeah. Do you think this is going to be awesome? Mm-hmm. It's a shrug. Well, I, I don't know. I, I was completely lost until you mentioned Jack Black. So, <laughs> like, okay. I think the, I think the thinking is that parents will take their kids, and then the kids will want to go and read Goosebump books. Wow, a movie designed to sell books. Well, it happens. I mean, Hunger Games. The well, no, maze. the books sold. But all right. Oh, but I know the books were selling first before the movie. All right. But the movie then sells more books. We will see how this goes. All right. Let's... I, I think we should revisit this as we go along. Yeah. For no other reason than... You're intrigued. ...than to, to, to sniff this idea out. Yeah. All right. Okay. Next movie. Um, I am very excited for this one. Um, there's uh, This is just because I like the people involved is uh, Straight Outta Compton. Um, this is a movie about uh, the rap group N.W.A., um, they it's basically a biopic about the forming of nwa and how they became huge stars you look completely stone-faced and i'm sure you haven't no really heard idea. much of this stuff yeah it's the story of ice cube and easy e and uh dr dre and west coast rap and i liked a lot of that music so i'm the indian the ex-slave the explosives expert and the masked <laughs> bandit hmm the League of Extreme, uh, the League of Extraordinary Straight Out Compton Gentlemen. They had one common enemy. The man, Governor Odious. Uh, all right, that's what was that from? The Fall. Oh, fuck. 
Tarsim. Yeah. Tarsim Singh's best movie. Sure. Okay. I, I just it's been a while since I've seen it, so. It sounded like you were talking about something like comic book related for a moment, but the fall <laughs> transcends that. All right, so Straight Outta Compton, really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and then then we get uh, there's not many of that movies left to talk about, but uh, next is the, the well is starting to dry up by the this well. Point. Well, now we're getting into August, and that's like the time when people are slowly stopping going to the movies. You know, probably to preserve. Uh, bodily fluids well no but like well hollywood kind of knows like people are starting to be tapped out and you know like like they'll put out one really big movie sort of at the start of the month that's why i think we're getting fantastic four that's going to come out in the start of august okay just like how we got guardians of the galaxy in the start of august last year what's next um then we get the man from uncle Um, i saw the trailer for this and i thought it looked really good this and i love henry cavill Henry Cavill is a charming actor. Yeah, I mean, he's a good guy. Like I liked him I lo- a lot in he was Immortals. Immortals, he was good. Uh, he did he, the best with what he could, and he, I he did believe, the best way he could with Superman, even though he it was, was kind of charmless. He was a really good Superman. He was. I wish he had had a better script. Yeah, I mean, that's we all wish that. Uh, so uh, I love Henry Cavill. He's great. Uh, I really think this has promise. He, him playing a super suave super spy. And he has Look, the accent has, down. He is he's yeah, perfect in the is. trailer. Mm-hmm. Well, is he British? Uh, he is. Um, well, he's British in real life. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to remember if he sounded British in the trailer, but he cer- he certainly did. He, yeah, he, he did this not based, talk American. Yeah. Well, this is this is interesting because you know we've t- been talking about properties and how you know wait who's going to go see Goosebumps. The man from Who's Uncle. Who's gonna see Man from Uncle? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, th- th- that's the thing. You can package whatever you want in Hollywood, and as long as it has like people haven't even heard of, heard of Robert Vaughn. <laughs> I've only heard. I only know Robert Vaughn is from Pootie Tang. Well, that and basketball. So I know him from. He was also in the Magnificent Seven. If you want a legit credit, I know he has other legit credits too. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, talking about things, I mean, like, not that, I mean, people are going to The Man from Uncle. They're going because it's a spy movie. Yeah. They're I not mean, going because they're excited, like, oh my God, a Man from Uncle movie. I hope they make the. <laughs> next, we're going to get The Prisoner. <laughs> the Prisoner movie? Yeah. I would watch that. Well, they've done a remake of that anyway. I saw TV. the remake. Of TV? On TV? Yeah, with uh, Jim Caviezel. Uh, Jesus. Was it any good? You know, uh,. It had me for a while. Okay. I uh, I don't have any negative memories of it. Okay. Well, all right. Yeah. But this movie looks exciting. It's another Guy Ritchie uh, action fest. Um, and he usually has pretty stylish direction for these type of movies, like the Sherlock Holmes movies. Right. Um, so hopefully it's good. Um, there are a couple of... There are just two more movies left, actually, I have written down. Um, one is called Masterminds. And I have completely... Another another movie based off of a board game. Oh, yeah, that is... Well, that is kind of a board... Isn't that a board game? It's it's like a Milton Bradley sort of game. Parker Brothers, maybe. Are they they the same thing now? I guess. They might might all be owned by Hasbro by now, for all I know. Yeah. Um, uh, No, this is not... I remember why I wrote this down. It's not based off of the code-breaking game, apparently. Not yet, no. Although, I had... It's... I don't know if you'd read the rumor years back. I don't know if it's still happening, but Ridley Scott was attached to a Monopoly movie. I think I did hear that. <laughs> that 
I mean, unfortunately, I would I, I would be a little worried about that just because of like like all of the if intense you action Prometheus scenes. was bad. Wait until you see the Wait trip. Wait until from... you go to jail and go directly to jail. Do not pass go. While the man do who... not get a refund for your ticket. Mm. Indeed. Um, yeah. No. The reason I meant Masterminds is a new movie from Jared Hess. Actually, I don't even know why I'm that curious about this. I've only seen one of his movies, Napoleon Dynamite. All right. Moving on. Last movie I want to talk about is uh, Sinister Two, and that's just because I liked Sinister One a lot. That was uh, written in part by uh, Cargill, formerly known as Carlisle from Spill. And Sinister was is one of those handful of horror movies from like the past five years that I look to and go like, okay, this was really good. Now this was, is that's not the one with Ethan Hawke. Is that it? is the one with Ethan Hawke. Oh, because I uh, you I didn't like that? I've heard no, I haven't seen it, but I've I have not heard. I've heard unflattering things about it. Hmm. Okay. Have you seen the cinema sins about it? No. Um... I guess they probably do point out a lot of logical things that yeah. make sense. At the time watching it, the first movie, what I would say is that it doesn't have like totally stupid characters. I mean, even Hawk's character is rather foolish, but he just is driven by ego. And, you know, I mean, that's something that, you know, that can work in a movie if you develop it well enough. And yeah. they do enough with it. And it's genuinely scary. It has genuinely creepy moments you know, not not reliant too much on the jump scares, which was good. Um, I don't see how if they do the sequel, they're obviously gonna have to start fresh, without saying what happens at the end of the first movie. They but all got eaten by dinosaurs. I know Jurassic World, right? They really <laughs> fucked up that world of sinister. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious to see it. Cargill's back to writing it again. Um, I think he's a talented writer. What is uh, his full name? C. Robert Cargill. Well, it's also, well, fully Christopher Robert Cargill. Okay. But he just goes by C. Robert because, you know, a lot of authors like to have that moniker. Yep. You know, I mean, like C.S. Lewis. And, you know, like. T.S. Eliot. T.S. Eliot. J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah. Why he has two R's in there? Or it's like George R.R. Martin. Yeah. Why couldn't he be G.R.R. R. Martin? Get with the times, man. Uh, <laughs> and I think that is it. Oh, oh, one more movie. Sorry. All right. I would have been remiss if I didn't mention this. Uh, Mission Impossible 5. Another Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. This time the trailer has him hanging off of a plane. Instead of a train. Yes. This is planes, trains, and automobiles. That's what you could call Mission Impossible. And this time he's like, a plane is flying up in the sky, and he's like, Get me out of here! And Simon yeah. Pegg is in these new movies, so that's kind of a nice touch. Um, he was in the fourth. Uh, the, it's funny because the fourth movie was isn't probably. Hawkeye and. Uh, yeah, J- Jeremy Renner. One? Yeah, he was in the fourth one. I, I can never remember his name. The he's fourth Hawkeye. one probably was the best of the series because that was directed by Brad Bird. He kind of brought a lot of humor and real dramatic weight that was missing from some of the other movies. Whether this fifth movie does that too, I don't know. I mean, again, it's another Mission Impossible Someone movie. will get betrayed. Someone will get betrayed. And they'll end up having to sneak their way back in to get sensitive information. 
and there will be a scene where a man hangs out of a plane or hangs from a ceiling and can't touch the ground. That was that was a cool thing they did in the first mission. Of oh yeah, that was that was back when that kind of thing was wow, that's pretty amazing. Jean Reno. Yeah, John Renault and Ving Rhames. Yeah. I think Ving Rhames is the only one that's lasted through all these movies, too. That's the weird thing. Keep on going, Ving. You keep on trucking. Um, okay, so unless if you have another movie, I think that is it. Um, no. No, you can't think of anything uh, else right this summer? Th- right now, just thinking about summer movies makes me exhausted. I mean, there are probably, <laughs> a, lot of, there are probably a lot of independent films that I'm leaving out just because I didn't really have a lot of time to do more research. There are probably... Other films there are, are going to be out. dozens of little movies. Well, also just also to next month, the Cannes Film Festival will happen, and from there we get more we get new movies for like the next year spread out. Usually, some movies end up coming out right away, and then other ones might come out later on in the year. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, you know we might get and other stuff. movies. There might be a new Terrence Malick movie possibly soon. Oh, there'll probably be a new Woody Allen movie because those things grow on trees. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of excited for the next one because there's Joaquin Phoenix post crazy. Um, right. So anyway, uh, I guess we're about to wrap up. Um, I wanted to mention about a, I've decided to kind of give myself sort of a goal for the rest of this year. Like I'm not going to do it right away, but I'd like to try to attempt it as least as close as possible. Um, it sort of came up just because when I went into my IMDb profile, I noticed I had, like, these badges. Uh, they give you a badge when you complete something. Like, if you, like, have voted for all the Oscar movies for a year or something. Or if you've r- taken polls. Or in my case, because I've written a hell of a lot of reviews, I have a badge for that. They give you a badge if you have reviewed all of the films on IMDb's Top 250. I don't know if you've ever seen the top 250 list. I, I get the concept. Um, well, on the IMDb top 250, you know they're basically the the number the 250 movies most highly voted. You know, and a lot of movies stay the same, like in the same places. You know, the Godfather movies have always been in the top 10. Uh, the uh, dark Star Wars, Star Wars movies, The Dark Knight. Actually, some movies that you know it's nice to see, like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, has always been in the top 10 or 20. Seven yeah. Samurai, really, you know, a lot of guy movies. They love, you know, IMDb loves Christopher Nolan. They love sucking his, you know, what on there. But I've been kind of tempted because I noticed that I have seen most of the films on the IMDb Top 250, not just for this year, but for past years. Like, they have a list of all the Top 250 movies going back to 1996. And it's interesting going back to 1996 to see the Top 250 because that was when the site was sort of first starting and people didn't really know what yeah. this thing the internet was and they also let things like in the they they actually let short films on the on the top 250 for a while they, they don't do that anymore but for a while you saw like Walsh and gromit in the top 50 which is pretty awesome uh also weird stuff sometimes like star trek first contact <laughs> Was in the top 250. <laughs> Again, the internet was just getting started. Yeah, exactly. Um, there wasn't time, but to, there wasn't time to have arguments. Mm, my point is, I would like to try to attempt to watch as many films as possible off the IMDb top 250 by the end of this year. Hopefully, well, most of the uh, major what's ones. What's a good? Uh, well, I actually ballpark figure. Uh, 
it's tough to say. I mean, the problem is, like, ideally, I would love to see all the films that are currently on the IMDb Top 250. The problem, the weird thing is in that in just the past couple years, all of a sudden, a lot of, like, Indian movies have popped up on the list. Huh. People who, and, like, movies that I've never heard of, a few of them are not even really available that much in the U.S. I guess Indian IMDb is really uh, popular. India has made its presence known. They kind of have. Uh, so I'm not quite sure if I'll be able to watch those. However, there are a lot of big movies that I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm looking, when I look at my list, uh, I'd like to see at least, like, when you when we do this podcast, ideally I'll have at least one movie each time we record. If not, maybe more, like, maybe one or two. All right. Um, and I already talked, and I actually talked about a couple of them on this show. When I talked about Laura, that was on the IMD, IMD Top 250, uh, Three Colors White, uh, and uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still as well was on ah. there. So among the I helped movies, you accomplish your dreams a bit. A little bit, actually. And there's also one other movie on the list that will be coming up that I that has been on the IMDb Top TV. So my goal is not just not even for this year, but for all the years, because there are a lot of common movies. Like movies keep popping up on lists. So to give a brief preview of the type of movies, things like uh, Das Boot and uh, The Sting, um, Witness for the Prosecution. Mm-hmm. And um, um, probably think, oh, and uh, Harvey. So movies like that, and uh, I'll see how it goes. All right, sounds good. Yeah. Um, you have any plans coming up? You're gonna finally watch Kaguya? Yes, I am going to watch it within the next two weeks. Is it still in your PlayStation? No. <laughs> so it was in your PlayStation, and you actually took it out to watch something else. Yes. Okay. Probably. <laughs> well, if you're on your Ghibli kick, then hopefully this would be the next good one to watch. Ghibli kick sounds like a motorcycle part. <laughs> oh, and that's... Oh, the very the last Studio Ghibli movie will be coming out this summer as well. The very last of all? Like, that's Possible. Well, what they're are, not sure. It might... Are they all going to commit suicide? What's going on? No, no. It's There's been talk on on the interwebs, and I don't know if it's for certain, don't say but... Interwebs. Online, that this this is the last this is the current film this is the only film in production that's coming out in the near future. Like there are no other films currently lined up. I mean, a lot of the filmmakers that have worked there and made movies, people like Miyazaki, um, the director who made Princess Kaguya, Takahata, the director who's made this new movie, which is called When Marnie Was There, mm-hmm. of all things. Which is weird why it's called When Marnie Was There. It's like a Hitchcock movie. Um, <laughs> but when this this movie's coming out this summer, and it's questionable if the studio is still going to be making new movies. Because now well, Miyazaki... Well, Miyazaki and Takaha, they're two of the big forces there, and they're both old and gang-retired. Um, possibly. And I don't know if they have other filmmakers there that are going to keep making new work. So that's what's questionable. Yeah. They don't They don't know for sure. That's what I mean to say. All right. Well, hopefully they figure something out. Yeah, I hope so. Cause they but, have... the, but the trouble is finding somebody to, to fill Miyazaki like and Takahata's that. shoes. Yeah, I mean, they're... it's it's uh, even if you do get someone to, to step in, whether or not they're going to be great is, is, an, is another question. Yeah, I mean, there's no lack of solid anime movies being made in Japan, but... You're right. The, but those have its own flavor. Well, I hope they stay alive. I mean, we, we need more great studios, not fewer. Yeah. 
So but anyway, have, um, other than that, I have no plans. So all right, so that wraps up another episode of the Wages of Cinema. If you'd like to reach me, I'm at Jack Gattinella at yahoo.com. Please send any questions, requests. If you want to yell at me in internet form, go ahead. Yell at him. <laughs> It'll keep him honest. And if you, we get questions, we'll answer them. Well, why not? And uh, and go to Jack's uh, Whiplash Films uh, Facebook page. Well, the well the Wages of Cinema Facebook page. Yeah, that thing. Uh, Whiplash Films is something else. Um, and you know, check us out, like us, uh, give us a comment, and uh, you could check out video clips from and the movies that we've talked about. And if there's a particular movie you want us to talk about, one of your favorites or something that you've never seen before, uh, if you want a recommendation, uh, just ask us. We'll yeah. be glad to talk about it. We're very open to you listeners. Unless and... you're John Green. I don't think he listens to us. Maybe I shouldn't think that down on ourselves, but... All right, well, anyway. Anyway, talk to us. Anyway, talk to us. And so, I'm Jack. And I'm Andrew. And thank you for listening. And don't forget that the wages of cinema is death. Have a good night. Peace out.